This is the Bad Reputation Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes on your smartphone or tablet. Featuring the most up-to-date reputation management, social media, and entrepreneurial information on the web. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Todd Collins Official. And now, the host of Bad Reputation, the reputation rock star, Todd Collins. In three, two, one. Usually I'm the one being interviewed, but this time I got interviewed by this young go-getter, Evan Shepard. Good kid, 19 years old. Kids out there really working hard. Um, comes from a good family. And we talked about being a young entrepreneur. And we talked about the importance of sales. And we talked about the importance of educating yourself on that. Um, so have a listen. It's a great episode. I promise you guys that you will learn something. And don't forget to text me, text Todd to 545454. Appreciate it. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. I want to welcome you back to another episode of the Race Rap Podcast. We have a really awesome episode today with Todd Collins. Uh, Todd, why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Hey, how you doing, guys? Uh, my name is Todd Collins. I am a uh, entrepreneur, uh, owner of a digital uh, marketing agency here in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, great city. Don't listen to the news. It's not true. Um, I've been in the, the sales game uh, since I was about 22 and uh, jumped into and kind of had always been into marketing and uh, jumped into the, uh, the actual digital marketing field uh, about seven years ago. Um, right after we uh, sold our first company and uh, kind of went from there. Launched my personal brand about four years ago and things just are firing on all cylinders currently. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I I saw your profile because usually what I do like to try and grow my own Instagram account is I try to go to like accounts that I feel like are have somewhat similar content or that are at least really engaging. So my habit was going to like a Gary V post and going through the people that like like his latest posts and I just like followed a bunch of them but I noticed I on your profile like I saw the picture of yourself and it was like really well done and I clicked on your profile and I went through all this like content that looked really good and I was like whoa like I gotta I gotta talk to this guy yeah it's it's funny so um uh so D-Rock and I have a little bit of a relationship we that's we awesome connect and we talk back and forth on Instagram quite a bit um and um a lot of the times there's conversations back and forth, obviously about content and things of that nature. But, um, I, I get compared to him quite often. We're not in necessarily the, the exact same, yeah. um, um, fields, if that makes sense. He operates in, in, in kind of different ventures. I'm more reputation management. Um, uh, uh, and he's more brand on brand advertising, omni-channel advertising, things of that nature. If you don't know what omni-channel is, it's more like TV commercials, things of that nature. Um, just not something that I'm really that interested in. I don't, I don't uh, believe that you do have to have a 900-person uh, staffed agency to be able to fulfill in something like that. We have about 32, which I'm totally fine with and completely um, an okay being content where we are with our scaling and growth. Um, and believe eventually one day it gets there. I may not be the person at the helm at that point, but eventually maybe one day it'll get there. But we like the niche that we've carved out, us being the, uh, the go-to when, when you know, the uh, proverbial shit hits the fan for an agency or a business. Uh, they come to us and we help clean the mess up. So that's kind of where we go from there. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, most of my viewers are basically like younger entrepreneurs looking to get started, maybe having some hardships along the way. What was your experience like? 
growing up, like number one, like how did you know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? And number two, like what sort of struggles did you go through during that process to get to the place where you were able to sell your first business and where you are now? Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Uh, my entire time growing up, um, I didn't really know what I wanted to be. I had no idea. In fact, that was one of the big things that kind of created anxiety for myself, which is something that I'd struggle with for a really long time. And most, uh, you know, businessmen, businesswomen, entrepreneurs, though, they're going to tell you they, they come, it comes from the same thing. You deal with very, very harsh uh, amounts of anxiety. Um, one of the things when I was younger is that, um, you know, similar to Gary, I was not very good in school. I was great in the classes that I found massive interest in. I was great in the classes where the teacher was extremely organized and strict. Um, and I, you know, people always say like, Oh, I suffer from ADHD. I don't suffer from it. It's something that I live with. Um, but I was diagnosed at a very early age. I'm four, I'm going to be 41 this month. And, um, you look like you're 26, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I, was, I was diagnosed with it. I mean, if you can think back how far back this was, but I, I was diagnosed with ADHD before you were even born. Yeah. Right. And so that, which is the very, very early stages of when they even started kind of figuring out, oh, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as I, as I grew, you know, as I got out of high school, barely graduated high school, um, decided not to go to college at the very beginning and just move to the beach, surf. Uh, be a bartender, work at a restaurant, type of thing like that. Just trying to figure things out. You just had no idea what to do. Um, eventually, came time where, and there, and this is what happens when you're in your 20s and your early 20s. Um, you you're almost in a position where you're like you're like back, at least back then you're forced. You got to figure it out, right? Because your parents are like, I'm not paying for anything else anymore. Like you're on your own. Like this is we've had it, and that's kind of what happened. So I grabbed the newspaper. Believe it or not, again, this is how long long ago this was before you could jump on like a monster.com or an Indeed or a ZipRecruiter or LinkedIn, or you had social media avenues to be able to ask somebody, Hey, do you know somebody that works there that maybe could get me an interview? That didn't work. So, um, I found, uh, a sales job, car sales job. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was my first kind of like introduction into sales. I never like, but I then remember back when I was in college, which is pretty cool, Evan. I remember I worked at MCI as a phone call operator and we would sell long distance. This is, this is how things went back. Then. We would have to like <laughs> sell people long distance. Yeah. And I was the top sales guy in that, in that like, you know, little room area where we did it. I was the top sales guy there. And, and it always seemed to me, I'm like, damn dude, I'm, like, I'm really good at sales. I was always really good at understanding people. Right. And, and figuring out the similarities where I could create a relationship and then get them to see value in what I was selling to them and why. And I, I just, I remember growing up, my dad was a sales guy too. And I remember always saying to myself, like, damn, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to be a fucking sales guy, man. That sucks. Like, then I realized, like, <laughs> sales is everything. Yeah. If you can, if you can, lo- and this is where everyone gets caught up, Evan. If you can learn to sell, you will lose the anxiety because the selling part is the easy part, creating the value to the person is the difficult part. Is it really valuable that you're selling? What you're selling, is it truly valuable to them, right? And then how do you transfer that emotion? So car business was the first job. Went into the car business, got really, really good training. Um, The training that I got was something that was called APB, Alpha, Panther, Beta. 
if you look that up online, APB sales training, I recommend grabbing that up as, as, as quickly as possible. It is the best sales training that you could ever grab and ever learn um, into overcoming objections, okay? Because we all know that that is the biggest fear of sales, right? Uh, is, is, is getting turned down. Hearing, nah, I don't think so. You're just kind of like, what? You're always throwing off your feet because your assumption as a salesperson is the person wants to buy. When they throw an objection at you and they say no or eh, not interested, you don't know how to handle that overcoming objection. Yeah, so, then people start chasing it and like forcing that's it, it, man. And, and and so when you when that happens, you've got to understand like you've got to learn how to sell before you can actually even start a business. You've got to learn how to sell and you've got to learn how to overcome an objection. That is the answer to all those questions is right there. Once I figured that out. I just became very, very focused on building value in myself. So this is where the other thing happens is, is that too many of us at a young age want to be entrepreneurs right away. And instead, we don't give ourselves or put ourselves in, the, in, in situations where we could be learning a lot by going to work for someone else first, then figuring it out, working on the side and doing our stuff on the side, making sure that that's okay with the person we're working for, but gaining that experience first. So the meeting that we just came from, I have an intern that, that stays with me all year round. When I say stays with me, like they just intern with me all year round. Yeah, yeah. Everything else. She, she was at this meeting with me, texted her mom in the middle, middle of the meeting and said, I learned more in this meeting than I have in my entire three and a half years of college. Makes sense. That's a, that, that, that's, that's a shot at, unfortunately, the way that the school systems are set up correctly for business or entrepreneurship or marketing. Because you can't take a marketing class your junior year of college and just assume that, that, that what you learned in that marketing class is going to make any sense in the, in the workforce. Yeah, because sense. everything's so situational. It's not like you can just, it's not textbook at all. Evan, 100%. 100%. Everything changes so quickly that we don't have the ability to be able to create education around it. In, in, from a standpoint of this is going to work for the next four years here. It just won't work that way. It, it, it happens way too fast. I mean, let's, let's look at it from a standpoint of like TikTok. TikTok came, was musically for a long time. It came out of fucking nowhere, bro. Yeah, it did. That just switched up the whole marketing education in a class for social media marketing in that course, right? So the people <laughs> that graduated last year are like, fuck. Yeah. So you're, in a, you're in a big, you got a big problem there. Um, so I was in the car business for a long, really long time. I wanted to grow in the car business. I thought that's what I wanted to do. I remember I got a book. I, I, again, this is the craziest thing, bro. I'm sitting in the dealership. I had a laptop computer, a piece of shit, Hewlett Packard computer. It was like this thick. Oh, yeah. Opened it up. And back then, there were no CRM programs. There were no a CRM program. It was a customer relationship management system, okay? Mm-hmm. There was no CRM programs back then. So I used Microsoft Office to create a do to do list every day and a follow up process for prospects of customers that I was talking to. And the owner of the dealership walked past me and he was like, what are you doing? Cause everybody else was like writing stuff down. And, this, and I said, uh, I, I'm creating a, uh, a follow-up list and a sales list and a prospect list. Um, and he was like, on a computer. He's like, whose computer is that? And I'm like, that's mine. And he's like, Oh, he's like, you know, I was thinking about starting an internet department. I was uh, maybe we could, we could have a discussion opportunity. So yeah. the opportunity grew the internet department, right? Because mm-hmm. then CRM systems started coming out. There were companies like Reynolds and Reynolds and things of that nature started creating customer relationship management follow-up systems. So I did that. 
then I started getting interested and I started re- realizing, and this is the one piece of one, well, one piece of content I want your listeners to take away is when you go to work for somebody, learn absolutely positively every single aspect of the business, not just what you're there for, because what that does is that creates value in you. If you know how to do everything, the value to that company is much, much higher than if you just only know how to do one thing. So learn everything. And while you're doing that, you're going to end up figuring out where your true interests are. Because you might go in as the marketing position, but come out the lead generation strategist. Because you know how, maybe not know how to do this, but you're really good at understanding the customer behavior and how they'll take action on the advertising. So there's a whole bunch of different aspects of of going to work for somebody else first before you decide to become an entrepreneur. The other side of it was then at 30 years old, I said, I want to own my own car dealership by the time I'm 30 years old. And I wrote that down and I made it like, I was just obsessed with it. And you really have to take that type of obsession with wanting to accomplish something. And I was not going to not let it happen. Um, And the opportunity came and I did it. That's awesome. And yeah. And um, own my own car car dealership by the time I was 30. Um, At that same point in time, that business went on for four years and around the fourth year, uh, went through a divorce, went through, uh, losing that business, um, went through uh, bankruptcy. Well, I mean, I mean, but it was like, yeah, it all imploded, dude. And at that point, that's, that's where one of the things I do agree with with Gary is, is one of those things is when that happens, you there, that's why the, the rate of depression and suicide and things of that nature can come up in, in discussions of entrepreneurship because you're in a situation where you're alone, you feel lost, feel like you failed, that was it, this was the last opportunity, there's never going to be another one. And uh, the one thing I want you guys to understand is that that is not true. Because I will tell you this, you said you're 26, is that right? No, 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 I'm 19. You're 19? Yeah, Bro, I said you I look 26. I, but here's the deal. <laughs> I don't even remember being 19. Yeah, honestly. I mean, I, I just, yeah, I just do this as like fun because like I, I realized I thought growing up in high school, like I wanted to be a doctor and I thought I wanted to be a surgeon. And like, I took a really heavy interest in that. And then I took a step back, like when I started college and I started realizing through the classes I was taking that I found myself halfway through a lecture thinking about something that, you know, like making a podcast episode or doing something like that rather than wanting to go through eight more years of doing stuff like that. And I was just like, dude, like I want to do something for myself. So I just do my podcast as like a fun thing on the side as I'm going through school. That way, when I graduate, get a job, like you said, get some experience and use that to leverage what I'm doing on the side eventually into something that, you know, could become a full-time income and a true passion of mine. Well, you know, one of the interesting things is that I love podcasts because they're, such a great way to leverage yourself to an audience as well as create connections. And this is one of the great reasons why you should start a podcast. One of the great reasons you should start a podcast is most of the time, 99.9% of the people that you ask to be on a podcast episode will say yes, because they love talking about themselves. Human beings are innately egotistical. (laughs) I've let you say like fucking five words. I just like I like to talk. Well, I already know I, that. Well, you got a much more interesting story than I've told so far. So. The only reason my story is more interesting than yours right now is because I've been on this planet longer than you. That's it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I reckon. By the time, yeah, right. I mean, it's that's really what it comes down to is that 
we don't, we, you know, a lot of people are like, man, life's short. I'm like, dude, man, it is a, it, I've lived, I believe that you have seven lifetimes in a life. I really, truly believe that. Um, I believe that right now you're probably in your second lifetime. 100%. And what I mean by that is not, not, I don't mean that you've been reincarnated. I mean that you're in your second lifetime. You had you your develop at, you as a person three. over time. Right. And one of, one of the, a hundred percent. And like one of the things, like when I was turning 18, 19, like I was going through a lot of things that were like tough for me and sitting where I am now, I don't even recognize the person that I was maybe like seven, eight months ago. So you're hundred percent spot on with that. When you go back and watch this podcast or listen to this podcast when you're 35, yeah, because it'll still be around, which is the beauty of the internet. You're just going to be like, what the fuck was I saying? Or like, holy shit, that guy was fucking nuts, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, or yeah. damn, what he was saying back then now is making a lot of sense. Like, this is crazy. Like now I remember, I, I don't remember being 19. So I, I actually envy you at being 19 right now to be able to create this type of content, to be able to go back to it all those years later, but um, also that you're, you're creating value in yourself. And that's one of the things, um, Again, from an entrepreneurship standpoint, standpoint, the reason I told that story about that just, just those massive failures is because I need I need your listeners should know that it is not an easy road, that it is an extremely difficult road, that the odds are that it's not going to work, that you're probably going to fail, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to fail ten years from now, or fifteen years from now, or twenty years from now. There's a hell of a lot of Hollywood actors that didn't be that that have been trying to act since they were 18 or 19 years old that just didn't break through until they were fucking 65 or 70 because they fit that role perfectly and end up becoming a millionaire, you know, and that's at the end of the day, you got to figure out, you know, what's the real end goal here is the end goal. You want to be an, a, a business owner because being a business owner and having employees Not easy. and dealing with taxes and dealing with this and that and everything else, buddy, it's not easy. It looks because where of what ha what has happened with the internet, where you, the stuff some of your listeners are probably seeing, you're seeing guys out there driving in goddamn Lamborghinis and they're renting the houses. And that. I'm telling you, man, it's all a goddamn facade. Yeah, a hundred percent. The real That's guys one of the that, most that pisses me off about entrepreneurship is everybody thinks it's like that that lifestyle where I'm a 20 year old forex trader. Here's my private jet. Here's my Lamborghini. Buy my thousand dollar course, and I'll teach you how to do it. And you waste a thousand dollars basically because some guy sold you a dream. Whereas so check, like- So check this out, right? Anybody that's really, really good at selling something or offering something for, and they're only offering it for $1,000. That's a great not, point. It, it, it doesn't fucking work, bro. <laughs> you, for The reason I said yes to you on your podcast is because I like doing podcasts. But if someone comes and says to me that they want to get a coffee with me, that's $500 an hour Yeah. because you don't want to drink a coffee with me. You want to pick my brain for an hour to figure out what I can give you from here mm. that you can take to go apply to your business without paying me a retainer. So you've got to pay 500 bucks an hour to do that. What that does is it creates the right person and right target of the person that I want to talk to, which is someone who's serious about wanting to execute. Yeah. And at the same time, it puts value in what I've done. I can charge that $500 an hour, right? Because I've also proven and social proofed myself based on documenting my customers' testimonials, document everything that I'm doing, right? I've documented it. 100%. It's a multi-million dollar agency. I'm sitting in the offices right now. <laughs>
right? Yeah. We have clients that we help every single day. So it's that that is something that that your listeners are just 100 complete 100% completely have got to understand is that if you're really good at that type of stuff, you don't need to market it like that. Like I have a lot of people that Facebook message direct message people, right? And they're like, "Hey, I can help you with your marketing." Right? And yeah. I'm like, if one of your fucking marketing tactics is to cold message me that you can help me with marketing, then you're not the right person. Definitely. Right? So customer testimonials and referrals on video, transferring emotion, that's how you sell a product. You'll get to a point, if you document it and, and distribute it correctly, you'll get to a point that your customer and your client ends up being your best salesperson pure social proof because then you don't have to sell right yeah because it's just automatically establishes trust and credibility to the point where it puts them in a point where they want to buy compared to having to like sell them yeah exactly so if you go to the web you go to one of our websites right so if you go to restaurantreputations.com and you go to customer stories and we're in maryland right yeah like we're really well known for our crab cakes so if you see jimmy's famous seafood which is a nationally known brand their frigging logo and their crab cakes were just on NFL's football game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. You see Pappas, which is is uh, promoted and done by Oprah Winfrey, which made Oprah's favorite things. Her favorite food in the entire world is Pappas crab cakes. <laughs> you just keep going down this list of customers and they're just like Todd Collins and restaurant reputations and this, that, and everything else and all this stuff. Do I really need to walk into John's sub shop and be like, sign up with us because we're the best? No. I just say go to my customer stories and look at those and look at those brands. Look they the speak brands for themselves, yeah. I don't have to sell the product to you. You either A, see value and want to do business like them, or B, don't. So don't pay me. And so now the customer, my client, is now my salesperson. Brilliant. So documentation of social proofing using your customers and your clients to do it for you is the best way to do it. I really believe that. Like my, my father, um, he owns an insurance agency where they basically represent like 30 different companies and they're basically like kind of brokers, if you will. And his, his entire business is just run on customer referrals. Like he doesn't like doing paid advertising or anything like that because he's like, we always get the best customers and the customers that we want to work with when they're referred to from other people. So yeah. I don't really see a point in spending, you know, this amount of ad spend when, you know, I have these people that are basically bringing customers to me just because they liked our service. Right. And so I could do the, I could flip him on that. Right. So that sounds like, that sounds like an objection to me. So let's, 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 let's show your team. Let's show your people how we would overcome that objection. What's your, what's your, you said your dad's your dad. Yeah, that that was my father's business. Okay. So what's his name? Uh, Scott. All right. So I'd be like, Scott, I can completely understand a lot of my business works on referrals as well. But other than referrals, how else are you getting business? All right, so now I've opened up the no again, right? Yeah, that's true. The keywords that I opened it up with were other than yeah, that... referrals, how else, how else are you generating leads for your business? So then he has to answer the question, not with a yes or a no. He's got to answer the question, me overcoming the objection of no mm-hmm. with an answer. Now, sales rule number one. The first <laughs> thing he's going to say is a lie. Good point. And I'm not calling your dad a liar. Oh, I'm just saying, I know. Getting, now he's getting scared because now he knows he's dealing with a professional salesperson. So now he's getting scared. So he's going to lie real fast 
to try to get out of this question, but that's not going to happen because he's going to say something else to me and be like, oh, uh, you know, people call in and I'll be like, cool. So other than people calling in, other than referrals, how else do you generate leads for your business? So now he's stuck. He's got to answer the question. Yeah, I think those are the only two places. Okay, great. What if we did instead of these paid ads that you're talking about, like these little ads, what if we documented customer testimonials of people in these influent businesses that you do business with and use that as brand awareness for your brand? Not necessarily lead generation because it eventually will happen, but brand awareness around your brand for the 20-year-old person now that's going to be your target audience in 10 years to start creating that relationship with them now to instill the longevity of your business. Could you see value in that? Or would you see value in that? That's a hard thing to say no to. That's a hard thing to say no. Right? Let's say he says no. I understand, Scott. So what you're telling me is your exit strategy is in 10 years. Is that correct? You plan on retiring in 10 years? Wow. Yes or no? (laughs) Uh, No. Oh, you don't. So you plan on being around for the next 10 years? Yes. Okay. So let's think about how the 20-year-old mind and brain currently consumes content and how they deem what trust is to a brand and decide to do business with them. Word of mouth to them starts here. So let's start creating content around your brand now for the next 10 years so we can start investing and dropping in value to that customer that's going to be your customer and your target demographic in 10 years. Does that make sense? 100%. Great. Sign right here. (laughs) That was easy. That was easy, bro. I mean, that's, that's exactly what I'm trying to do with my podcast. Like I only started it like six months ago, but I'm at, you know, I understand, you know, even though I'm young, as long as I have something to say, I have so much time ahead of me to the point where if I can establish this over the course of 10 years, I can leverage it in anything that I want really. Huge, man. I mean, you know, my question to you would be when, how much content you know, you have audio content, you're gonna have audio content from this podcast, but how much video content do you have from this that you could, that you could redistribute from just this podcast? We've been talking for what, 45, 40 minutes right now? Something like that. Yeah. We've been talking for 40 minutes. How much content could you put out? From on- just one. Easily like, you're probably going to tell me it's more, but if I can, a quick number, I'd probably say like eight or nine pieces of just clips. way more. Yeah. Way more. So I'm going to break it down for you. Right. Okay. Not the Gary V fucking scale way <laughs> down for you like this. You got snippets of questions and answers that we've already discussed from a video content standpoint. So you could chop this up. All of it up. Yeah. For like easily that's six pieces of video, micro video content right there. Then you pull quotes from the audio, right. That you could use for tweets and you could use for Instagram posts, and you could use for stories, and you could use for everything else. Then you take all the audio, you send it to rev.com, okay? They're going to take the audio, and they're going to get the, get the actual audio into transcripts. You can take all of that, make sure that you're using specific keywords that people would be searching in Google, mm-hmm. and then post that on your website as a blog. Brilliant. Now you're mass, now you're mass creating content. And if you want people to go back to your website, you post that blog on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Twitter. 
I'm everywhere else. And you just keep doing that over and over and over again. And yes, you're right. In 10 years, if you were to walk into a company and say, Hey, what's up? My name is Evan Shepard. Um, currently I do this, 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 and this, I have this many followers. This is how the engagement rates that I'm dealing with right now. Do you think that you could see value in me representing your business as being a part of your team? You think it's gonna be hard for you to get a job? That is the future resume, by the way, right? What I just explained to you, that's why it's so important for you guys to start focusing on personal branding right now and value and what you guys are putting out because that's the future resume. That's exciting. Yeah. People, Evan, I'm telling you, if two people walk through my door right now for a marketing job and one person had a marketing degree from Harvard and the other person was Facebook blueprint certified and Google advertising certified, I would hire that person over the person with a marketing Harvard marketing degree. Don't fucking care about the college degree. You I'm care, you care about the, yeah, exactly. You care about the experience and the, I, I care about, can you get the job done? Do you understand the products? Do you, do you have the ability to create? That's what I care about. Brilliant. Can you pick up a camera and shoot a video? Yep. Okay, great. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's so awesome. that's why it's so important that you, that every piece of content that you get especially from these podcasts that you let it all trickle down to all these other avenues and start figuring out where, I mean, are you on TikTok? I'm sure you're on TikTok. Yeah, right? yeah, I am. Yeah. Like you should be putting up a video on TikTok about this. Like, oh like, yeah, easy. Day about it. Yeah. Like this should be everywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so that really, in, in, in my opinion, we, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of younger ones, man, you guys just want it super fast. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I went through that myself in the beginning. Like I was getting I frustrated and I was just like, it really wasn't honestly until like a month ago that I found myself creating episodes and I was like, I was at the gym one day and I went, dude, I haven't checked how many listens or views I got in the last week. And I went, that's because the numbers, like, I don't, I don't necessarily care about the numbers anymore because I just enjoy doing it. And ever since then, it's just been a lot of momentum and it's been like so much more fun, you know, cause I'm not impatient about it anymore. That's my, I, it's funny because I, I post about this a lot, but the patience thing, my dad, because having ADHD makes you the most imp in, in, impatient person on the planet. Mm -hmm. In fact, impulsivity is a trait of ADHD. It's one of the most known traits of ADHD is impulsivity. Interesting. My dad would always tell me patience is a virtue of which you have none. <laughs> always tell me that. And that's always stuck in the back of my head. And so whenever I've ever tried to, and maybe that's the leverage that I had. Maybe that was because my dad constantly was just beating patience into my head that finally it got through. And I was like, okay, I'll just be patient. Cause I was the exact same way, man. I like, I mean, dude, shit, shit, shit just started for myself. Not from the agency. The agency has always done well. It's always mm -hmm. done really well. It's just because I've just busted my ass on it. But my own stuff, it really only started kind of taking off about like two years ago, maybe. And it was just because I, somebody saw one of my pieces of content at the right time in the right place. When my thing got posted on Team Gary Vee, uh, it was like a, 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 a post about perspective and they reposted it. Mm -hmm. That set it off, right? Like, just it was happens. It's like, yeah, it's little things like that, dude. But that's where everybody gets hung up. They're so worried about creating that one miraculous piece of content that they're not putting out as much content as they could where all of a sudden they put it out and the one that always ends up doing the best is the one that you put the least amount of effort in 
when I'm talking about creative effort. Mm-hmm. It's I the agree. least amount of creative effort. So here, I'll give you an example. <clears throat> there's a real estate agent. Uh, there's a guy named Edward St. John that uh, is a, one, of the real estate, one of the biggest real estate companies probably in the country, but it's centered out of Maryland. And they did about $3.5 billion in real estate last year. (laughs) Yeah. And so he had a holiday party. And part of his holiday party is he took, he had all his employees there. He took $10 million and diversified and distributed the $10 million uh, in bonuses to all of his employees. The average employee, average time employee there, and this is based on time with the company. So loyalty, company loyalty. Mm -hmm. The average employee got a $50,000 check. Wow. So imagine the person who's been there for 30 years, what they got six figure check. Yeah. Now two things happen here, Evan, if he would have done that in a private room and not documented it one bit, most people wouldn't know about it, but instead he had a videographer there that documented the whole thing from before the surprise, how they did it, the launch of it, the release of it, the emotion when people were opening up checks, things of that nature, and then distributed that content. And then it got newsworthy and then it got picked up by news stations. And now it's gone a little bit more viral and viral and viral and viral. Now this guy is known as like, you got to top this motherfucker and you're not. This guy just gave away $10 million to his employees. And he got 100, 100 million in value back massive amounts of customer uh, of employee loyalty right yeah i mean forever so the 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 lesson from that is this documentation of everything is what garners attention documentation garners attention if he would not have documented that that entire process and not documented the emotion that was able to be transferred from the video and the audio to the person watching it the virality and newsworthiness of that would never have appeared. Now, everybody's talking about them. Got it? So you, that's why it's so important that we understand how consumer behavior, customer behavior, and how the importance of brand awareness makes sense. Because most people have never heard of Edward St. John. But now they I know haven't. about him. And it has nothing to do with real estate. It has everything to do with being a business owner, an entrepreneur, and giving back to his employees. That's 100% true. Right? So documentation equals attention. If you're not posting, don't expect it to happen. Exactly. It's a full-time fucking job, man. Yeah, exactly. I, like, I find every, any moment outside of school, outside of work that I'm like working on this, or like any time, if I'm not at school, if I'm not at work, if I'm not you know, getting a quick workout in, I'm 100% like literally like trying to find something to post on social media or interviewing somebody like no joke. I like that, but I also want you to understand that you're never going to have the ability to be 19 again. That's true too. Yeah. So I think I lose that perspective a little bit so much just because I'm so focused on like the end goal and like how exciting that is that at times I I lose myself in the moment. Yeah. And I, and, and the one thing that I would, I would say to you is don't, don't forget about being 19. True. That's, there's that's a lot really of, piece there's, of advice. there's a lot of stuff, you know, like I said, I know that Gary puts out a lot of content and I'm, and yeah, I, I like a lot of his stuff too and everything. And I know he talks, yeah, I don't, about I don't like the whole 16 hours a day, 18 hours a yeah, day. I, look, I don't like that theory. 
I, bro, I don't expect any 19-year-old on the goddamn planet to work 16 hours a day. No, I definitely, I definitely take time every single night to, like, talk to my friends or maybe play a few games of Call of Duty. Like, I make sure, like, I do those things. Yeah. Or, like, on a Saturday, go get dinner with my friends. Like, I make sure to do those things. But, like, when I'm not doing those things, I make sure, like, not using a ridiculous amount of time, but doing a lot in the amount of time that I dedicate to it. Yeah. And that's the one thing I, I think a lot, I think a lot of young people are just put a lot, you guys are putting a lot of pressure on yourselves Definitely. to be next big thing. Um, so fast. Cause they yeah, see all these people and, that are like 19 years old being YouTubers with 10 million subscribers and they're like, Oh, that's not me. Yeah. And but here's the thing disconnect. is that, yeah. And here's the thing is that they're, they're, a lot of those people, man, they're not going to be, they're not going to be around in 10 years or 20 years anyway. True. They're not adding any real value. They're running themselves into a fucking door, man. True. I grew up in the. I, I grew up, you know, during the 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 age and years of Jackass, way before it was Jackass. Ky, <laughs> Bam, Bam was way ahead of the game from a standpoint of creating content around entertainment and getting eyes and building a brand, and he did a really good job at it. But if you asked him, was it worth it? from a standpoint of how stressful his life was and where, and where he is now, there's going to be a lot of regret there. That's true. Right. So at the end of the day, I, you, you, you guys, all guys and gals, you guys all have time um, to be the next big thing. And everybody's going to hit the next big thing at a different time and moment in their life. You, Evan, you might hit it at 45. Your friend, Mike might hit it at 72. (laughs) your friend emily might hit it at uh 21 it's just it's just one of those things dude yep. but the big thing that you could do right now is surround yourself with the right types of people 100%. right so when you when when it is your time that you have the right people and you're connected to the right people to be able to help bring it to fruition that's exactly. that's super important i love that a piece of advice because we're all we're all regretful of when we were 19 dude when you're <laughs> yeah. 30 you're going to be like man i should have never done that yeah. Everyone's regretful. Everyone's regret, regretful about being 19. You would have all, no matter what, I promise you when you listen to this, when you're 25 or 30, <laughs> you're going to be like, ah, should have done that. There's not, you're, every way is the right way. Evan. Yeah. Every way is the right way. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a big thing. Like for me personally, is like, I've always, you know, I'm always like, I feel like sometimes like I'm always told like, you have to do this. You have to go in a certain direction. I'm like, dude, I'm just going to go in whatever direction feels right. Like I, I, I had, was having a conversation when I was going through that, that tough time in my life when I was like 18, I had planned to go to the university of California, Santa Cruz. I was up there for two weeks and I hated it. And I realized I didn't want to be there for four weeks. And I dropped out of Santa Cruz, came back home and I'm going to community college now. And I was told that that would, be the biggest mistake of my life and I was like dude I don't think that's a mistake at all like I I literally went and I came home because I felt right didn't know why didn't need the logistics would make it logical I don't know how to word that but um and you know I'm sitting here now realizing that if I was still at the University of California Santa Cruz I would probably be studying for final exams in a dorm room getting nothing but a college degree but here I am sitting with interviewing you know you know an amazing business owner someone who's incredibly knowledgeable and 
I feel like I've, like you said earlier in the episode, I feel like I've earned a degree on marketing and sales in this interview alone. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent. Like I, I'm telling you right now, like if you want to, if you want to get into digital marketing, go, go get Facebook blueprint certified and go get Google ad certified. Um, Facebook blueprint certification costs you about $300. Uh, to me that it's not unreasonable. You're going to learn a hell of a lot more spending you, any kid that's 18 or 19 year old, 19 years old that goes to their parents and goes, mom, dad, I want to be a digital marketer. I need $300 to invest in Facebook blueprint certification because I believe it's going to help me not only build a business, but get a job in marketing. There isn't a parent on the planet, in my opinion, that doesn't have $300 that they give their kid for education like that. Because a lot of us are showing out a hell of a lot more than that for college. Now, True. I will tell you this. I do see value in college. No, I do, I do too. I'm, I'm going to get a degree because I do believe that college is like, you know, that's, that's a network, number one. And then, you know, it's also a period of time where you're able to like, you know, explore your own interests and, you know, yep. do get a little bit of, you know, education towards your career. But it's just most important to feel out like what you're interested in. Yeah, it's not for everybody. Look, college was not for me. It just mm-hmm. wasn't. School, school just was not for me. I, it just didn't work. And I tried it. I really did. I mean, I put, I put all my effort and the classes that I was interested in, I did really, really well in. But the problem was, is that school doesn't work like that. You, you, you can't just take classes that you're interested in, even in the first two years of college. And you know this, you yeah. can't just take classes that you're interested in. You have to take those general education courses. And I just did not want to do that. And, um, here's the truth is that we still need doctors. We still need attorneys. We still need engineers. Um, we, we need those types of people that we, uh, not everybody can be a digital marketer. Not everybody can be business and marketing. Not everybody can be finance. Like we still need those people on this planet. So we still need the educational system to be able to educate them. Um, and, and it's just a fact, but not everybody is going to be a doctor. Not everybody's going to be an attorney and not everybody's going to be an engineer. So if you take those three, just those three away from the equation, when I say doctors, I mean nurses too, and things of that nature, if you take those three platform, those three parts away, you're kind of left with the situation of like, what's more valuable experience or education? Because the, the catch 22 that we've always heard, right? Is this, well, you got the degree, but you don't have any work experience. Mm-hmm. Now that right there is what scares the shit out of me because what are you doing in college when you're not in college? Exactly. Now, when you're not in school and not taking exams, what are you doing outside of it? Okay. You want to go on spring break for a week? Great. You should. Don't regret it. But when you get back, go find somebody to intern for for free. Get some job experience so you can put it on your resume. When you do that, you're bringing value into yourself. Then you can overcome the objection of, well, you don't have a lot of work experience. No, not true at all. I have three years of work experience, actually, where I interned full-time with that place while I was going to school. So now you can see how dedicated of a person I actually am and how I can handle time management, right? Yeah. Yep, I'm hiring this guy or girl. And so uh, that's where a lot of you guys are slipping off is you're not, you're not, instead of asking, dude, if you go and ask to intern for somebody, even if you ask me like, dude, could you pay me a hundred bucks a week and I'll do whatever the fuck you want me to do? As long as I can sit in on meetings and things like that, because I want to find interest of it and educate myself. Anybody will take you. Yeah. That's a great point. You got to do it. Yeah. Cause that's what you're missing on your resume when you get out of college. Yeah. Cause yeah, exactly. And everybody's like, well, hundred percent. Well, what were you doing? 
Yeah, right? exactly. That would be my you question just to you. Partying or well, that, that, playing exa- video that's exactly games what or, getting, right? Yeah. I know who I'm getting. Yeah. I know who I'm getting. So what I do is I hire inter- my interns while they're still in college and then I hire them. Yeah. I hire them while they're in college. And then when they come out of college, they're not scared about getting a job because they already yeah. have one. Yep. And if they want to go do they're gaining job, they're gaining the experience that they need firsthand to do the job like automatically. Even if they didn't want to come work for me, they can still use me. Oh yeah. Say, I was I interned for this person, I was able to do things for a certain that 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 carries weight for when they go into the workforce, right? So it's uh uh, that would be another recommendation that I would give to your listeners is like, go get an internship this summer. If you're in college, go get an internship or go get a job while you're in college, go to college part-time, go to back to your community college where it's more affordable and you're getting the same frigging education uh-huh. you're getting at a uh, private university and making your parents pay for it and stop starting off your, your life with a massive amount of debt because that is a massive problem right now. That's why 2008 ended up the way that it did. It wasn't sure. just the banking industry. It was also because we were shoving people my age into college debt and we could not buy houses. We could not buy cars. We were overspending. A lot of that happened because of that system. Yeah. And especially because I live in California and I think New York as well, community college, like if you're somebody who like struggles, you know, financially, it is a hundred percent free, like covered in California and New York. So there's absolutely, especially if you live in those states, like no excuse to at least not get, you know, some sort of like AA degree, if that's what you feel is best for you. Yeah, I mean, in Maryland, you know, uh, there's no free education here. You know, Mm -hmm. if you wanted to go to a community college here, you know, each class is probably three or four hundred bucks. Yeah, it's a lot of money, dude. It is. It is. And you know, there's not a lot. And and, you know, I I think probably the worst mistake that like I've talked about this on a few of my episodes. Like, I think the worst mistake that anybody can make my age is being that kid just that decides to go out of state for college and two hundred thousand dollars in debt at twenty three. Terrible. And you can't even declare bankruptcy on it. So you're just like, stop. You can't. You yeah. can't. There's nothing you can do about it. I mean, I see it all the time. And, and, and what's really, really interesting to me is a lot of the people that I, so when I came back, I went, I, I tried college. Mm-hmm. I tried it multiple times, actually. Everybody that I can remember that I went to college with right now is, there's a few that are doing really well, but none of it had to do with what they did in college. It all some had of them, to do with some are doctors, yeah. some are doctors and stuff like that. And that just is what it is. I mean, yeah. like, I would never have thought some of them would be doctors, but it was like one of those things like, holy shit, they're a doctor. But <laughs> um, it's, it's, uh, it's just not the gauge of success, man. Like, and everybody's gauge of su- success is different. Like you don't have to be a millionaire. You don't have to, like, you really don't do that. A lot of people fit. This is the other thing, too. And when you're a parent, it's, it, it, it becomes interesting. Mm. I'm finding myself now as, I'm like the in-between, right? Okay. So I'm a parent to my children, right? I've got four kids. And then I've got my mom and my dad, right? So yeah. like third, my mom calls me this, this week and she says to me, she's like, can you da- drive your dad to the do- his eye doctor's appointment? And so what's interesting about being in that 30, 40 range is what ends up happening is you have your kids, right? So you're being a parent, you have your job, but then your parents are getting older. So now it's almost like their kids too. Yeah. I don't know if you remember your grandparents, your grandparents are, I'm sure are still alive. Or, yeah. Know, yeah. My, on my mom's side, they're gone, but my dad's side, they're, they're still there. How old are they? Um, my grandmother is 85 and my grandpa is 87. 
grandpa's sharp as a knife still. Yeah. Up here. Yeah. Physically, physically, physically too. He's like, he's still, Beautiful. he goes in on the treadmill at like, he had, he had heart surgery like five or 10 years ago and yeah. uh, to like replace a valve, but he like made so many friends at like his rehab place that he goes and goes in the elliptical for like an hour, like three days a week. Like he's, Love he's a hundred percent. Like I'd be surprised if he didn't like push a hundred. I would sap up as much from him and your grandmother as possible. No, I um, I definitely do. And especially my yeah. grandfather is like, he's like a big inspiration of mine because the uh the insurance business that my father owns was like my grandpa was the one that like you know started that out like formed the partnership bought out the other guy and grew that up and he's still like you know up there and has 87 years of experience and at least 60 of it and doing that business it's it's timeless piece of advice can i ask you a question yeah you told me that your grandfather's a huge inspiration to you have you had your grandfather on as a guest on your podcast? I have not, but I actually thought about it this week, like two or 100%, 100% have him on. And I would love to hear that episode and see that episode. And so there's, there's two sides to that. One, I think that it would be an amazing piece of content. Definitely. Two, it would be an amazing way for you to document something that you and your grandfather did that you can have forever. That's a great point too. Yeah, I really do. That's and funny. I, really, I literally was making breakfast like two days ago. and I was like, I got to get my grandpa on this. I, I agree. Conversation. Like I'm going to have my dad on my, my podcast just, just so I have it as a, as something that I can keep from a memory standpoint of him t- talking about sales and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I truly believe that a lot of the gems that he would drop would be very, very motivational and inspirational because they're going to be very, very true. And from his generation, it was a very interesting generation um, as far as work ethic goes. And I think that that is something that is, that, that has been devalued um, in maybe, maybe a little, I would say our generation, my generation, generation X was the proponent of laziness where that started to come in where like, man, that generation is lazy. Like the baby boomers, you know, like the okay yeah, boomers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those people are like, oh, grind it out, work hard. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Now the Generation X people were kind of like, man, we're like, whatever, dude, like grunge, this, that, and everything else. You're into mm-hmm. that. But your generation gets heat, right, for what they're into or what they do. Like you told me like, yeah, when I relax, I play Call of Duty. And I'm like, or when my six-year-old, right? Like my six-year-old son, Renner, dude, 100% plays Fortnite. He is freak six years old and is badass okay <laughs> badass knows what knows how to navigate youtube knows how to navigate tiktok knows how to navigate instagram knows how to create video content six years old now some parents will go i don't like that i don't like that now this kid plays baseball plays soccer goes outside rides a four-wheeler does all this other stuff but also understands how to behave with technology and integrate it into what he wants to get out of it. And I mean, that's the future. You're going to have to get used to being exposed to that and changing it all the time. It's literally laying the groundwork from day one, like being able to adapt to the different technology that's going to come in his lifetime anyways. Yes. When I was in high school, Evan, we, I was one of the only kids to have a cell phone in my high school. My graduating high school class, senior class was 300 people. I was like, one of two people that had a cell phone Dang. now back then the big the phone, brick yeah the it's interesting talking about 
No, 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 no it wasn't Alan. <laughs> this year I was talking about video games. I got my Nintendo Mini in here. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, dude, I love it. The, uh, the phone was probably as big as this microphone. Uh-huh. And right, and the antenna would come up, and, the, and I'd make one phone call. And let's say that one phone call would cost maybe 25 bucks. Jeez. Okay. But if you asked Todd senior year, if you said to Todd senior year that in 2020, I would be able to make video, subtitles, distribution and do everything right from my device and have my own radio show and have this, that, and everything. If I was able to do all of that, if you explain that to me from a phone, I would not be able to comprehend something like that. So the interesting thing is what that, what are, what you 19, what are you going to see at 41? Dude, I don't even know. It's everything's progressing so fast. Like I, I, the only thing that comes to mind is like those like movies where they have like um, it's sort of like a touch, like a touch projection, like it projects onto something and they're able to like, just do it. In it's already the out, dude. It's already out. And it's already then out. flying cars and all that sort of the boring company is going to have those tubes that just run everywhere through the town. It's just- Tesla will release that. You already know that that's going to end up happening. Tesla, yeah. Tesla will release the first hovering car. Definitely. That's going to happen. Yeah. You know, you know <laughs> That's going to be that. in a decade, maybe five years alone. It's going to be a hybrid hovering car that doesn't touch the ground, yeah. which then, right? Now, you, you might have situations, you might have situations in there where did a rubber company, is a, is a tire company or a rubber company like Michelin, are they smart enough to be so forward thinking that they get with Tesla and say, hey, look, you know you're probably working on something like this. So us knowing this, is there a possibility, maybe not a rubber, but a special tire that we could create for this particular vehicle for when it sits on the ground that we can be the sole provider for and then patent that? That's how forward-thinking businesses have to be now Yeah, to be able to survive the impending disruptions that are going to be coming from your generation. The quick and fast way to get there faster to be able to kind of be that person in 20 years to have a business there is to think about not reinventing the wheel, Evan. No. Taking something that is already working and making it faster and more convenient. That's the key. That's the key. That is the key to the Emerald city, my friend. Take what's working now that people use and make it faster and more convenient and you'll win in 20 years. 100%. That's it. But you just got to sit there and think about it, write it all down, right? Because yeah. the guy with Uber was the same situation. Okay, well, people use tax cabs. Let's make it easier and more convenient and faster. Okay, let's the Airbnb, right? Same thing. I mean, like the list goes on and on and on. What right now are people doing? that you look at it and it's somewhat archaic, but it's almost like it would be more, it would be more convenient and fast to do it this way. Create around that. Definitely. That's a really good point. That's it. Awesome. Wow. That was a, that was quite an episode. That was really entertaining. I felt, I felt like locked in the whole time. Cool buddy. Anyways. So, um, I want to thank Todd real quick for being on the show. That was obviously an awesome episode. Uh, I hope all my listeners enjoyed, but uh, before we go, I just want to ask like 
where can my listeners, if they're interested, getting in, uh, with into your business or listening um, to your podcast, where can they find that sort of stuff? Yeah. So if you want to follow me on social media, um, er, pretty much everywhere, um, literally everywhere, um, you just type in Todd Collins or just put in at Todd Collins official. Unfortunately, the guy who owns Todd Collins uh, on Instagram is like some dude who will not <laughs> message me back. So I cannot get the handle. So I had to make it Todd Collins official. Uh, my podcast, you can literally type into Roku, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, anywhere. Uh, just type in my name and it'll pop up. It's called Bad Reputation. Um, I have a lot of really good guests on there. Um, and then I just launched my uh, text program because I, I believe that text is important. Yeah, I just saw that. Yeah, we, we utilize text. We utilize text in, um, in our own agency and with our clients. So I figured, hey, look, instead of me dropping content sometimes on the podcast or things like that, I'm just going to send ideas and free stuff to people that join the text program. And the open so, rates hey, are going to be insane on that. Yeah. I mean, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but again, it's awareness, right? Like, yeah. so if people, if people join it and they like it, then great. Um, the people that, that don't join it are just, just aren't going to get the stuff. They're only going to get the client stuff. So it's re- basically, a, it's a way to become a client of mine without paying me. So it's a really good way to like, yeah, definitely. So, and I had to kind of do a little bit of that was just because of like, like, I get a lot of DMs from people where they're like, Hey, how would I do this? I saw you did this. And it's like, it's real hard for me sometimes to slow it down and be able to like go individually. Yeah. So I figured I'd create content, put it in the text program and be like, Hey, if you want to start a podcast, this is how you do it. Six minutes. Uh, Hey, if you want to do this, this is how you do it. Hey, if you wanted to figure out how the TikTok algorithm works, this is how it works like things like that, um, that I'm going to share with the text program that I'm not going to share with everybody else. So there you go. Uh, awesome. you text Todd to 545454 and that's how that works. That's how you join. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Todd. Yeah, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you. This has been a Todd Collins official production in conjunction with Platinum Reputations. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Todd Collins Official or visit us at www.toddcollinsofficial.com. Want to be on the show or become a sponsor? Message us on Facebook and tell us why.